and we're back with another episode of Hurt Business Radio. I'm the other guy, and I'm joined by Ben Damon. Ben, we start for boxing, especially in Australia of late, but we got to see our Maloney twins last week. Not the result we wanted for Andrew, but it really galvanized Jason to really put in an awesome performance. Yeah, incredible performance from Jason, wasn't it? Uh, disappointing for Andrew Maloney, of course. A uh, really mixed week. But uh, yeah, Mickey, good to be uh, chatting with you again. It's been uh, a continuing weird time uh, for everyone through the last little bit. But um, yeah, we're starting to just ease back towards things getting uh, to, well, not normal, but getting back to something that we can sort of live with at least, I guess. Yeah, and Jade, all seeing the Maloney's under the bright lights of Vegas, did that motivate you while you were? Training? Oh, ab- absolutely, mate. Um, yeah, once it, yeah, like Ben said, mixed mixed emotions. I think um, I think Andy. I know it wasn't the best of Andy. I just think there's a few mistakes he made, and well, Jason did not set a foot out of line. Like he he was amazing, and um, and the moniker of the Australian Mexican. I I love that. That's uh, it, yeah, suits him, and geez, he dug to the body so well, and just. Almost, it, it was a perfect performance by Jason, and um, I've spoken to Andrew a few times, and he's uh, yeah, he's gigging himself with um, with what went on, and he just he's hoping that they can chase that rematch and get that happening, possibly in his in the yeah, possibly the next fight for Andrew would be the rematch that in a perfect world, but um, I just yeah, I feel for him, man. Like I just yeah, that's. It sucks, but here's what it is. Congratulations to Jason, and um, hopefully Andrew can get that belt back in the next fight. Which of the fights do you want to talk about first, uh, Mickey? Um, well, let's go in chronological order. I'd say Andrew. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What, what did you think um, of his performance? I, I thought round one, it looked like it was just going to be a, another typical Andrew Maloney performance. Well, see, Andrew, Andrew for mine, had a like deep bag of trips, uh, trips, tricks than Franco. Um, Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> bag of trips. But, um, yeah, look, it just, yeah. There's, I think with with a fight like that, there's, there's moment, and at that level too, um, and on that stage, way out of your comfort zone. It'd be just such a strange, strange event, the whole thing. But um, I think what people, the average boxing fan, I suppose, even the average fighter, like I I can kind of relate. I've never fought at that level on that stage. But in fights, there's there's moments. And sometimes you will you will make, you'll, you'll make a mistake and you'll, you'll get caught. And Andrew... Both his eardrums perforated. Uh, he busted his nose, stitched it inside his mouth, um, stitches above the eye. That'll come later in the fight. But there's just small moments in fights where things don't quite go your way or you'll get hit with a shot. And Andrew said that was the case with um, with a few of the body shots. He got hit and after the fight, he, um, after the fight, he really felt it. Um, as you put up on Twitter there, he went to hospital just to go, check up on him but um, yeah. two body shots he popped yeah, so he said he said after the fight yeah he had been affected by the body shots and that's why he wanted to be taken off to hospital but obviously yeah when you're feeling nauseous after a fight there's um concerns around whether that's something uh more closely related to the head or the brain but yeah. um it didn't turn out that that was the case you mentioned yes yeah, so much so much damage taken through the fight and he really copped some um, later on um he was yeah but but it, Frank. Yeah, yeah, but in in saying all that, he he did start really strongly in round one. So, yeah. um, yeah. It, it, was he? Do you think that he was um affected by the occasion at all? Given how not, well he did start, not so much, not so much. Um, Andrew said before the fight he felt absolutely amazing. But what I was saying, like these moments, there's these little moments where you'll make a mistake and you'll get caught, and it might take two or so rounds before you can pick yourself back up again sort of thing or get back into the fight because at level, there is so much consequence for every mistake you make. And those little mistakes and those little moments of the fight where Andrew was doing great and all of a sudden he finds himself in the trenches with Franco, which is where you do not want to be, but those little moments will be playing over and over and over again in Andrew's head and he has to adjust and he has to come back and he has to not make those mistakes and not let yourself get put in those positions again and 
like yeah it just it's 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 hard to watch um it's hard to understand unless you've actually felt that like of if i can re- i can relate in the smallest of ways when cash and I've caught me with that body shot at the end of the sixth and you could hear me over over the um of the mic saying oh geez he's got me and then i was dry reaching um while they were playing the replays like i was that that sucked if i'd got caught and it, that's he really come on then and he came into the fight then that's sort of like what happened with Franco. And the thing is, if I'd been caught, I'd never be happier in my whole life to hear that bell <laughs> at the end of the six. And the thing is, if he had caught me at the funeral, that could have changed the entire flow of the fight. And it's just that moment. And that particular moment, I played that over and over and over again in my head. I knew where I went wrong, the weight distribution, the position I got myself in. And then he caught me. And I knew it was happening as it happened. But it, it's sort of, it's, it's a strange thing. It's sort of, in these moments, it sort of, it happens slow. You know you fucked up, and then bang, all of a sudden it happens. And these are the things that Andrew will like. If if I if I had that moment again, it wouldn't happen. So it's these small moments in fights at that level that um, Andrew's made mistakes, and I, I really do believe he's got um, he's got he's got more tricks up his sleeves than uh, than Franco, and I, I believe I believe he'll be better for this. But sometimes it's just so hard to come back from that, and there's just like such small margin for error. And um, I think you'll be a better fighter for this. Yeah, I, I want to give some thoughts, but Mickey, um, we haven't heard from you. What did you think of the fight? Yeah, pretty much. I, I, I didn't even bother scoring. I just assumed that Andrew was going to get a stoppage later in the fight. So, yeah, to see him start off so well, it looked like it could go that way. But I guess, yeah, when we were staying there and trading with him, getting caught a lot. And then towards the end of the fight, he got caught badly. Like, I think it was one when he was like reeling on the ropes, caught like a nice like to the head that just sent him back. So yeah, I you know it is what it is. Disappointing to see, but you know I think he'll be back. What, what did you guys make of the scores? They the heard one fifteen, one twelve, and one fourteen, one thirteen twice. Um, what did you guys? Yeah, make of that? I was surprised how narrow it was. Um, obviously, I was hoping that it was going to go the way of Andrew Maloney, but as it turns out, if he'd um, come out and won that final round, and he wasn't too bad in the last rounds, um, he, he was so tough, just gutting it out uh, late in the fight. If, he, if he'd managed to get that final round, then he would have uh, won the fight. So, um, yeah, the the scores uh, probably um, probably slightly flattering, but um, but still he did he did really guts it out. But what I wanted to say was um, uh, we had that uh, B commentary team unfortunately watching the fight in Australia, but uh, Timothy Bradley apparently on the um, on the ESPN proper coverage was uh, pretty critical of Andrew Maloney in terms of the fact that he was doing the same thing time and time again in terms of um, getting into position to to throw his shots. Uh, Jade, what do you think about uh, those comments from Tim Bradley? And he did say them quite repetitively through the course of the fight. Yeah. Um, I'll say, well, Andrew did find himself in the same position at times. And you could see he'd always get countered when Andrew would set his work up, he'd always get countered with very similar shots. That that overhand right was there quite a bit for Franco. Um, and yeah, look, once again, I just it's Andrew. Andrew's better than that. That's that's really all I can say there. He made he made mistakes, and he he will be. It's and look, it's <laughs> it's tough for me too, man, because I'm 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 close mates with Andrew. Um, I love the guy. But um, yeah, it's it's tough, man. But he what he was he did sort of get, he just did get stuck in the moment at times, and the counters that he was getting caught with, I think he's better than that, man. I really do. Yeah, I'd go so far as to say Andrew Maloney is a much better fighter than Joshua Franco. Um, what we saw in that fight is not reflective of what no. I would think and expect that we would see if they have a rematch. I think that he will. Um, improved significantly off the loss. We saw his brother Jason have that um, loss to Emmanuel Rodriguez in um, one of the best fights that we've seen in recent years. And it was a a loss that really was a win because he took so much out of that fight and he improved himself so much. And he's been better each and every time since. I think that we'll see a vastly improved Andrew Maloney from here going forward. And I know that the people at top rank are of the same impression as well. Um, They sort of feel that uh, he gave them a very good fight it was a tough fight. Obviously, he took a lot of damage and he lost uh, his version of the world title, but they weren't disappointed in what he provided and they know he's going to improve. So there's no way that they'll be abandoning him. 
Um, and, and I think we're going to see a lot better from him going forward. So while it was a loss and a heartbreaking one for him, uh, hopefully he can take it in his stride to some extent because he showed the world how tough he is. And I think next up, we're going to see just how good he is as well. The amount of fighters who actually quit or had ruined them, just yeah. one perforated eardrum in a fight, to have both and your nose broken and then have Frank. Mm. Franco was like a boulder rolling downhill. He just picked up more and more and more momentum. And I think. I think the biggest thing for Andrew in the rematch will be to utilize movement. Did he get in? Get in and get out with a clean set of heels. Just be yeah, be wary of those candles on the way out. And just you've got to give a man like Franco who's just in your face and relentless. Just variation is key, man. You cannot, as Bradley was saying, um, similar looks at times. Um, I just think I just think that uh, movement and variation is key in the rematch, and that's exactly what you'll see out of Andrew because he he is a brilliant boxer. He really is. Look at when he won the um, when he won the title um, against Dari. Uh, look at look at the change in Andrew. He got sort of stuck in the trenches a little bit there, trying to put on a good show and trying to sort of bully his way up. And then when he switched up and changed to boxing, look at the the movement, the different looks. And then started to land some decent power off of that, and then the fight was over. But yeah, he's got a—he's a brilliant boxer, and we'll see the best in the return. Gee, it's going to be a nasty flight home for Andrew in particular. Um, they are flying this. We are recording on the thirtieth uh, of June, so a Tuesday. Um, they're flying home in the next twenty-four to forty-eight hours if everything goes according to plan. A, a couple of um, perforated eardrums on those flights will yeah. be a bit ordinary, won't it? I know he's missing little Leroy and Chelsea that much that he will not give a rat's ass. It won't bother him in the slightest. Yeah, right. Spion, I he was, I, yeah, I was, I was under the impression that they were headed home today. You know, he was going to miss out on the little bloke's birthday by uh, his first birthday by one day. So uh, yeah, that sucks. A little bit further that they, uh, a yeah. little bit longer they don't get to reunite with their girls and their um, kiddos. But um, sacrifices you make. Yeah, well they've had a. Um... They've had a meeting at Top Rank today, so they're yep. not flying um, today as they may have hoped. Uh, instead, they've gone to the meeting with Top Rank to talk about steps going forward and um, just to sort of have a chat um, and figure everything out. So, uh, yeah, they'll be flying the next day or two, though, and um, both Andrew and Jason are heading Imagine home. Imagine how good would it be if uh, Andrew's next fight yep. is a rematch with Franco and then Jason gets the uh, world title fight that he that he's earned, I reckon. And just, yeah, the Australian-Mexican. Uh, he's going to be a big deal over there. He's, yeah, so good. But anyway, yeah. Sorry, Mickey, I'm kind of jumping the gun there, mate. You're meant to do the, uh, you're meant to be steering the ship here. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Um, yeah. Where were we? Um, well, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, we sort of chatted through Andrew and then, uh, Jay just said, yeah, a lot of times. Um, but uh, in terms of what's next, uh, yeah, uh, as uh, Jay just said, Andrew is very keen to to get that rematch. Um, Top Rank haven't said anything about what's next uh, just yet. They've just said, go home, um, get well, and we'll chat uh, in the next week or so and, and figure it out. So whether he looks to get a fight and a win in Australia and uh, sort of get back on the horse or if they do go straight into that uh, rematch or if there's another path at top rank C4 him, that'll be ultimately mm. up to um, the yeah. discussions with top rank uh, over the next probably week or so. Right. Um, yeah. But what about Jason though? Is that like, it, what would his plan be next given that, you know, he had such a good win and we want to build on that momentum? Yeah, it's uh, well, it's really exciting what Top Rank have said them, to them today about what is uh, potentially next for Jason. And this isn't set in stone, obviously. This is just an initial conversation and one thought that uh, Bob Arum himself has had. Um, and, and after that performance, um, obviously, they want to see him with as many eyeballs on him as uh, they possibly can. So um, he's in touching distance of a world title. And the one who would be uh, most obvious at this point is John Real Casemiro, who's got the WBO version of the world title. After that victory, Jason Maloney will go to number one in the WBO. Um, Joshua Greer, who he was meant to fight, actually lost his fight last week. So he drops out. And um, there is a potential that top rank look to put Jason Maloney 
either against John Riel Casemiro or someone else um, on the Lomachenko Lopez undercard in America in September. So that'd be a huge opportunity for him um, if that was able to happen. And it's just initial uh, conversations around that at the moment. But uh, to find his way onto a card like that and potentially in a world title fight as well and certainly in a prominent position would be a massive thing for Jason Maloney and exactly what he deserves after what we saw for him from him last week because it was as close to a perfect boxing performance as you can imagine given all the circumstances, given he'd watched his brother beaten a couple of days earlier. He was fighting on the other side of the world. Um, the last time in America, he lost in a really tough fight and and then to go out and do what he did was just something else, an outstanding performance and let's hope that he does get that huge opportunity next because he well and truly deserves it. If he doesn't get that fight, um, he could potentially fight Mike Plania, right? Given that, you know, they were both fought close to each other and I mean, I know it's no Casemiro fight, but that, I guess that'll be another decent option given that he's yeah well there's, there's lots of there's lots of options he'd definitely be one of them given he was um, scheduled to fight Joshua Greer um, that would make some level of sense but um, Top Rank and ESPN don't have as many dates in that sort of August September period as they thought that they might um, in the bubble they're, they're looking ahead to some of these other shows a, a little bit later on so there was um, there was no real discussion around him staying uh, which we initially thought he might uh, or, or both of them might if they won their fights Top Rank just said, head on home. We'll chat um, next week and we'll figure it out. But uh, one option is that card, which is meant to take place in September. Um, so I'd imagine that uh, Jason and the team will be pushing pretty hard for that. Sucks that Jason didn't get to fight Greer. It, just, it would have been cool if Jason could have fought and knocked Greer out because that's what would have happened. I'm just spewing. That just would have been good. But anyway... Yeah, like if anything, like I, I know it's bad that Andrew lost, but if anything, that seemed to really, um, like really push Jason and and you know who knows, probably put in an even better performance than he would have. Yeah, well, uh, it couldn't have got much better than it was, that's for sure. Um, it's just incredible. He came out and he looked so strong early on, and um, Leonardo Baez is a really tough guy, and you could tell that he didn't mind taking uh, the shots that Jason was giving him, but um, he just kept stepping it up further and further. That left rip to the body and all those straight yeah. right hands were really starting to take their toll, oh. and to see them pull him out of that fight just shows how hard a puncher Jason Maloney is and how relentless that punishment oh. was. He, he just stepped it up time and time again. It was um, it, it was a fight where you could only really make a case for Baez winning round three, I thought at least, and um, two of the judges thought the same. And the rest of the rounds were just pure dominance from, um, from Jason Maloney. Vicious. I just love yeah. the way like he just in there close, like just, just forehead on forehead and slipped to the side, just... Rip, yeah, like just I'm just doubling up on that left rip, but just the talk, like whack, he reset, whack again, then he roll around, nailing with the right hand. He just, just, oh, just how well balanced and just, oh, just forehead to forehead action, and just didn't step a foot out of line. But see, Bayers, Bayers was getting absolutely nailed with these shots, and it's like how tough is this going? It wasn't until like the final, final sort of two rounds that's like Jason really stepped up and it's like, oh man, he's in he's in trouble. And it felt like it felt like the inevitable was mm -hmm. gonna happen. But then um yeah, just to quit on the stool. To make a Mexican quit. <laughs> oh, Jason's a bad man. It was um it was awesome. Yeah. And, and we saw in his most recent fight um, in Melbourne when Andrew won the version of the world title and um, Jason himself beat Dixon Flores with the left rip, um, one of the perfect body shots, um, one of the best body shots we've seen in, in recent times in Australia, that's for sure. Um, he hit... Bayez with about 30 of those and they must have been hurting but he is made of tough stuff Bayez to stand up to them and he was starting to wilt towards mm. the end and it was still a surprise that um that they did pull him out or, or that he um he pulled himself mm. out because um he just looked so tough but it's just testament to what he was doing it was it was just an incredible performance it was one of the best international performances by an Australian that we've um seen in, in recent times and um yeah just a a, a perfect uh 
way to end what had been a really disappointing week for the family and it sets him up with um, huge opportunities the good thing as well for um, for the boys was that both of their shows did rank very well uh, the Jason Maloney performance actually um, uh, rated really well on television um, and, and Andrew's fight went pretty well as well so um, plenty of eyeballs plenty of interest and uh, top rank really um, excited about working with them and as we know they're both such terrific blokes so they were really easy to work with everyone at top rank was um, was commenting and, and writing messages to me about what a delight they had been through the week and um, what a pleasure they are to, to deal with and how much they want to continue to work with them and um, while there was already no doubt um, that, uh, that they'd be sticking with Andrew Maloney I think because of the people that they are um, they were just more and more inclined to say, no, no, we're sticking right uh, with him and we're going to get him back and we're going to have him in some more big fights. So, awesome. um, yeah, it pays to, be, uh, pays to be a good bloke. Yeah, maybe I should try. <laughs> yeah, um, that's what I was saying. <laughs> um, yeah, look, it's, uh, it's just it's exciting. And Australian boxing, we needed. We, need, we really needed that win and that performance by, uh, by Jason. Both boys' fights were super-duper exciting. So. It's just sick that uh, the show rolls on with top rank, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully by, um, well, hopefully in our next two, in their both their next fights, we've got a WBA title shot for Andy, and how good would it be if the Casemiro shot come off for uh, for Jason, two world champions, the twins by the end of the year, fingers crossed. Yeah. Yep. Well, there's every chance. It was really nice to see, like, um, just the elation on Jason's face the moment they pulled Bayers out. Like, because there was no crowd there, you could really hear him, like, you know, screaming. And yeah. Really just relieved. And I think. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. For sure. All Australians Mate, in that moment. The struggle, um, the, the, the struggle and the grind that those boys have been on since turning professional, um, it's not, there's, there's not even the slightest bit of glamour in that. Like, mate, just the financial grind and just everything you miss out on. Um, the Rodriguez fight, they, they put the wedding off for that. Um, now they've got their little daughter, Isla, and then he's been away from them for that time. And the boys the boys were, as we spoke on previous episodes, the boys are doing a little bit of labouring work and decided, nah, stuff this, like, because they needed money. They needed money. And so they're like, nah, stuff this. We need to concentrate on boxing. Then this comes off. Um and they both get um, they both get a, a a payday out of that, and the elation of Jason is just you, you hit like as he said after it. I've sacrificed so much. I want this so bad, and um, yeah. So it's just I'm I'm just so so freaking happy for both of them because I've seen I've seen heard and know what they're going through. Like it's it's awesome, mate. And it's only it's only going to get bigger and better for them with top rank still behind them and um yeah it's just so cool couldn't be happier for both boys so yeah yeah and relief too for Jason, obviously, at the end of that fight, not only because of what had happened with Andrew a couple of days earlier, but because last time out in Miami against Rodriguez, um, he did lose a, a really narrow decision in a fight that he fully expected to win and in a fight which was a, a really strong come-from-behind performance from him after he started slightly slowly. So to know that he went out and from the outset um, used the experience of that fight and and did everything right from the very, very outset, um, you could tell it it, it meant a lot to him to prove to himself that he could do it on that stage and and gee he did it um he did it really really strongly and uh yeah he he has some some huge opportunities ahead um casemiro is the one that um that they want and the one that makes sense and uh the wbo world title but it, it is a tough division no Anui is there of course he's got a couple of world title belts um and yeah that's an extremely difficult fight for anyone i know jason fancies himself in that fight if it could be made um but but who knows what happens and Inui obviously is in Japan. Uh, Lewis Neary and, and um, Ubali as well have world titles. But um, yeah, w- whatever happens, it's going to be big for, for Jason Maloney. He's, um, he's put all those doubts that anyone may possibly have uh, from the Rodriguez fight. And um, anyone who watched it closely would have had to see a, a really strong performance. But, but we've seen that he truly belongs on the world stage and he will win world titles. Hey, Rodriguez, Rodriguez was um, undefeated world champion. And um, I don't think you can't look at what Anui did to Rodriguez, and, and um, that's not going to define Rodriguez. Like he, 
I think Rodriguez made the mistake of, yeah, I'm an undefeated world champion. You've come up from the weight division below me and he's tried to go toe-to-toe with um, with Inui and got clipped. We saw what um, we saw what Nanito Donaire did with Inui and um, sort of used his experience and got him into the later rounds and didn't just try lock horns with him straight from the get-go. So what I'm saying is, is Rodriguez is a superstar and the way that Jason fought him on enemy territory um, and finished over the top of him and was so such a close split decision like that set him up for where he is now yeah. and I just but, but that's what I'm saying yeah, yeah. That, that's what I'm saying is that it, it was a really strong performance but one that he you know he expected to win the fight and he, he didn't get the um, result he did start start slightly slowly but those who may just look at um, box and go oh, he's had a loss against Rodriguez that's that, that's um, that's a worry um, it was a tough fight it was his first big international fight like that he he did really well then but um, if there was any doubt from anyone and or from himself then um, that's gone now he he knows and everyone knows he truly oh, belongs without doubt. Without a doubt, it's yeah, definitely. And he had a new nickname as well, um, Mayhem. Mayhem, for the start of the fight and the Mexican <laughs> Aussie at the end of it. Yeah, so it was the smooth one, Mayhem, now the Mexican-Australian. I wonder if that will stick now. Mexican Aussie. Yeah, Mayhem, apparently Mayhem was because um, he finished training one day and spoke to his partner and uh, when he got home and um, the place was a, a mess and he said, what's happened here? And he said, and she said, oh, it's your daughter. She's created mayhem here. And he, I think, liked the sound of it and he uh, picked it up for himself. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but now that's but it's a good one. I like mayhem. Good. Yeah, I like mayhem too, but Stitch Duran gave him the Mexican-Australian. So yeah. that's pretty nice coming from such a, a legend cut man in, in the sport. So. Yeah, yeah, it's always nice to have a nickname that someone's bestowed upon you that, you know, that's world famous Mate. in the boxing world. Like Matador. Yeah, El Matador. That's right. Yep, exactly right. Thank you very much, Ben. Um, <laughs> but also, too, like just fighting on top-ranked shows and just the um, the the biggest supporters of boxing in the world is the Mexicans. So just to be known as the Mexican-Australian, like that's that's high praise on a big show like that. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the breakdown of Mexican like that as well. Yep. Like, um, that was. Get that yeah, man that was a sombrero else. for the next fight, for sure. <laughs> ben, do we have any update on Horn Zoo? Things have been a bit quiet on that front lately. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, we do. We've got plenty of updates. Um, things are go. Uh, just waiting on a final date. Um, both fighters are training hard towards um, sort of a working date, but. Uh, yeah, we're heading back to Townsville, and around about now there'll be a press conference involving the uh, the Premier of um, Queensland and Anastasia Palaszczuk to talk about uh, borders reopening and potentially to talk about crowds getting back to um, events in full capacity or, or near to it. So those things are going to be really important um, in terms of how this all looks. Will people from Victoria be allowed to, to go? People from Victoria can't go anywhere um, right, right. at we'll this just- point. So no, you just no. stay right yeah. where you are. Yeah. No, well, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, good luck with that. Um, no, but a very, yeah, obviously a really um, troubling situation for, for Victorians at the moment. But um, Brisbane on the other side of things, and Queensland, sorry, um, looking a lot better. So, yeah, we're working towards um, an announcement uh, in the not-too-distant future, but a date um, most likely for late August or early September, and the fight's still to take place Um at the venue that was announced um, at the beginning of it all in Townsville. So um, we just wait to see how that's going to look. But hopefully by that stage, we can have a full crowd and um, and, and this fight sort of gets the audience and the um, the feel that it deserves because this is going to be massive for Australian Huge. boxing. We've been waiting so long for it now and we get the opportunity to see uh, Jeff Horn and um, the emerging star in, in Tim Zhu um, do what could be uh, some very important work for Australian boxing because we need to get back on the map very, very quickly with, with a huge fight like this. Out of curiosity, if you had to speculate, who would this lockdown benefit more out of Horn and Zhu? Um, that, that's tough. I, I've spent a bit of time with Tim Zhu um, during lockdown just because he's also in Sydney. I, I did a podcast with him and Jeff Fennick last week. Um, he hasn't stopped training. Um, 
he's been working hard throughout. I spoke to um, Jeff Horn a couple of times through it, and um, he gave himself a little break at the start, but is obviously back in full training now. So I don't know. It, it's hard to say. Like um, it, Tim's going to be fully fit, I'd imagine, by the time we get there. Jeff's going to be raring to go as well. So mm. um, uh, no nerves between the pair of them, I wouldn't have thought. Uh Oh, it's just so – it's so delicately poised. I know Tim remains a really strong betting favourite for the fight. But, oh, um, really? Yeah, that, that doesn't mean too much. Yeah, a really yeah. strong betting favourite. He has been throughout. Um, well, what are the, what are the, what's, he, what's he paying? Um, I, I haven't checked the last couple of days, but he was a, like a pronounced um, favourite. So, um, oh, that's surprising, actually. I would have thought it was more of a pick and file leaning slightly towards Horn, given his experience. Yeah, well, there's plenty who would think along the same lines as you, but um, uh, yeah, the betting companies went up the bookies. went up early with um, with Tim being a favourite. Um, but yeah, that, that could well change. There wouldn't be a huge weight of money in there as yet, so there may be a push towards... Um, towards Jeff as we get a bit later. You're right, he's got the experience. He's, you know, gone the distance with Manny Pacquiao. You can't question his toughness, that's for sure. And um no. he, he finds a way to win as he did in that rematch fight against uh against Michael Zarafa. So you'd be a brave man to bet against him against just about anyone. Um but uh the, the bookies think yeah. that he deserves to 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 be an underdog against Tim Zoo. I've just actually found where the market's <laughs> at at the moment. Tim Zoo a dollar and forty five cents. And Jeff Horn is two dollars sixty-two, okay. so that's a pretty big um, okay. differential when you consider that you know one man has been there and done that, one's on the rise, yeah. and um, yeah, that's sort of that, that's where we've got him. Oh, yeah, that sounds crazy to me. Even 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 money is a lot where I thought we would have been, but um, yeah, that's that's odd. That's almost disrespectful to Jeff. Like, yeah, it's um. Considering the fights that they've come off the back of as well, I know, Je- I know Tim has improved every single time. Tim is a real deal, but Jeff's tried and proven. Um, so that's just really frigging mm. on. Um, as far as like, as far as your question yeah, earlier I mean, too, like the- because of the way Jeff has fought his whole career and the fights he's been in, the absolute wars with his Rafa, the quarantine, and even though Jeff hasn't um, trained right the way through, probably as much as what Tim has, I think. For a fighter like Jeff and the way he goes, he knows what he has to do. Um, he's been there before. I think that little bit of a break um, would would have um, would have done Jeff the world of good just to freshen up that little bit. Because man, like every time that guy goes to fight, it's it's a it's a war. Every time Jeff fights, it is just a bloodbath. Um, name 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 a Jeff Horn fight that hasn't been fun to watch, like. He's, he's, an, he's an animal, yeah. so the break, break oh, would yeah. have done him okay. world of good. And um, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe psychologically, it is a it is an advantage for Jeff Horn the fact that he he's had this little break. He's had a lot of time to think about this fight to sort of start to focus his to energies. Heal. Well, to heal definitely. Um, maybe yeah, maybe the break does sort of help him get his head right because we saw the first time against Michael Zarafa and and not to downplay the incredible performance from Zarafa, but we saw that in that first fight that he probably wasn't as switched on as he could have mm. been. Um, and I don't know if there was any danger of that in a, in a mega fight against Tim Zhu, but um, if there was, then hanging around um, as he has been for all this time with sort of his career before his eyes and this opportunity ahead of him, um, he, he would have had the chance to to think about it and to, to reset and to refocus if he needed it. Just say he didn't have that first fight with Zarafa, maybe maybe that could have happened then. But there's no way known Jeff Horn is going to overlook anyone or come underdone to a fight again. That that ain't happened. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, not to yeah. take away what Zarafa did, because even in the second fight, man, Zarafa, Zarafa had his moments in, and Zarafa, Zarafa's world class. He's... he's He's the real deal, and I just think that Zarafa is a far better opponent than um, anyone that, um, with all due respect to the the boys, um, is a far better opponent than anyone that um, Tim's faced recently. So, or ever. Yeah. So, man, that was, uh, yeah. His learning curve has been steep, he's improved each time, but come on, Boogie's like, (laughs) give Jeff, give Jeff a little bit, a little bit of love. Come on. I guess that yeah, the the victory against Dwight Ritchie um, 
may rest in peace, probably is is the the most comparable. Oh, um, absolutely, he, he, is. absolutely. That's that's what a very made, yeah, very. That's what made yeah. me believe such a classy boxer. Yeah, 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 class. Yeah. In in terms of um, like Jeff style and the wear and tear and uh, and like all those wars he's been in, surely that has has to take its toll as well. You know, I mean, eventually that does catch up to you, well, right? You'd think so, and because terms of the fresher yeah, of the yeah, two, yeah, you'd, you'd think so. Um, I don't know if it's time for it to catch up to him yet, though. Is it yeah, like it, you, you get the feeling? Maybe not. Um, I don't know if you came. <laughs> did you come to the dressing room, Mickey, after the fight and see him like with having his Jeff Horn having his face reattached after that second Zarafa fight? No, covered no, in blood, no, and he was just that. sort of joking and laughing, and, and you know. It, it, yeah. it hadn't taken its toll at that point. Um, I, I don't know where he's yeah, at, yeah. like in his sparring at the moment, but gee, he's a tough dude. He, he doesn't seem like he would be, but he is yeah. just made of something else. Um, it's quite incredible. I, I've watched those Zarafa fights with, given I've had absolutely nothing to do, um, quite a few times um, through the course of this. And um, gee, that round nine <laughs> um, in the second off, I and mean, it's oh. just. Well, which yeah, one? The, the, well, the second, yeah. the second fight is just crazy. The punishment that he absorbs, and then you know gets that little reprieve from the referee, and then sits down on that right hand, and oh, just just crazy, mm. just crazy. The old boy, mm. the old boy is going to be fresh yeah. as a daisy with the uh, with the lockdown. So don't worry about Jeff. Sort your shit out, bookies. <laughs> well, just have a bet, Jade. Don't worry about him, mate. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll be jumping on. Yep, but um. Yeah, if the if the odds are, st- odds are I'm I'm not. <laughs> Nobody who listens to this don't go out and put a heap of money on Jeff um, and blame me. But um, I I like those odds. I I love the fight. It's it's even money for me. But um, I just think, come on, give where's the, where's the respect for Jeff, dude? There's no respect man. in punting, mate. Don't worry about respect. Uh, you don't want to talk to bookies if you uh, want respect, just- mate. <laughs> just in general come on yeah Jeff we need to give Jeff more love yeah do you think it's disrespectful yeah, right. that on the official fight poster Jeff is already bleeding <laughs> not really <laughs> not really he will bleed on the fight his skin's made of wet tissue paper mate he's bleeding <laughs> when the ref's giving yeah. instructions at the start of the fight yeah that's just yeah, he did, that's just how he did cut in round one in that second Zarafa fight that's uh, that's not yeah. ideal yeah, so if you're Tim, you'll just like sort of target, target that. And well, that's the that's the nature early. of him as a boxer. He's going to target him. He, he's a he's a sharpshooter. He's going to sit back and pick his shots and um, yeah. yeah, try and break him down. But the thing is, he's never Wait. faced anything like Jeff Horn, and no one has. Exactly. He's just a rumbling yeah. machine, and he's going to come forward and and have difficult angles for you. He's going to do his movement patterns. He's going to be fresh and he's going to be fit. And if he's fit and he's doing what he does best, he's um. He's awfully hard to break down. Um, so yeah, it's a That's, it's a great fight. It's it, it's such an exciting to, fight. To beat Jeff Horn, you need incredible footwork. To beat to beat Jeff, if you want to have any chance, you got to be able to get out of the way of the like. He's like a ball charging at you. So you need a big you run do. on the back and foot. timing. Yeah, timing, and you have yeah. to be able to to time him on the way in yeah. because if you can't, then he's going to get into you and he's going to upset your rhythm. But if you can pick him off on the way in, like we saw yeah. from Terence Crawford and like we saw at stages in the first fight uh, against Michael Zarafa, um, yeah, then you can do damage. Yeah. See, and that's one that's one thing but that Tim certainly has, mate. The way he manages his yeah. distance and timing of an opponent coming in, man, he's, yeah. that's that impresses the hell out of me. But then Jeff and see this is why it's an even money fight for me. But then Jeff Jeff, like um at times it's ugly, it's rugged, but there is science to what he's doing. Like he there's just as he as he comes forward with wave after wave of attack there's, there's a slight angle and there's not much rhythm or rhyme to the way he does it, but everything there's there's a reason for everything he does. He knows he knows where he is, that pressure he puts on, constant forward movement, but off off just the slightest angles. And sometimes the punches that he throws come from just odd angles. Like I've I've only done the, the tiniest bit of work with Jeff at the start of his prep for the for his last fight when I was up there. But yeah, there there's certainly there's certainly um, science in what Jeff does in the way that he applies his pressure. Like, there's not real – he doesn't let you get in that rhythm or rhyme. 
of what's going on and um, that's can look ugly the untrained eye but man he knows exactly what he's doing and it's it's going to be super hard to t- it's super hard to time him coming in but it's one thing that um, Timmy has so it's exciting but I yeah I'm 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 on the fence absolutely with this one yeah it's a, it's a definitely a pick and fire that's what makes it so exciting that it it really could go either yeah. way and a lot of questions are going to be answered um, especially about Tim like we know what we know about Jeff but you know, we'll really see where Tim's at with this fight. And I think that's in itself is exciting to look forward to as well. Gee, he's so confident, Tim Zhu. He is. Um, it, it's and he just, has to be to be fighting Jeff Horn now. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But he just seems like he's going into just another fight. It's just, um, you know, the continuation of his plan um, to get to the, the very top of the sport in this country and internationally as well. He's just sort of um, just preparing like he, like he has been. I, I was interested, um, I think you guys saw this, the, the little um, B story that emerged um, with Dundee Kim inviting uh, Tim Tim Zhu into his gym last week. For those who don't know, Dundee Kim, uh, the longtime strength and conditioning trainer for Jeff Horn, who um, decided to go off on his own as a trainer, um, essentially didn't want to be playing second fiddle to um, to Glenn Rushton in a, in a training sense. So he started uh, training fighters himself, uh, one of whom is Joel Camilleri. And the story that Channel 7 News in Brisbane did last week was that um, that Dundee had uh, Tim Zhu in his gym and was showing him uh, – sort of uh, some hints and some giving him some advice on, on how to uh, pick off those movement patterns <laughs> of Jeff Horn. I know there were some around um, Glenn Rushton. Mate. What's up? Oh, I don't know. I just, it just, I just, just makes me laugh. That's, that's like unwritten law. That would be like when I was up there sparring with Jeff as if I'm up there giving him hints on the raffer or when I come back down here and spar with the raffer. That's well, yeah. unwritten law. You I don't know. You just don't do that. It's like if Lenifer was to train Billy or something. You don't yeah, you don't do that shit. I don't know. I I might be Yeah. Am I am I I don't know, am I wrong here? But uh, just that's unwritten law, man. Like I'm happy to work with absolutely anyone and I'm friends with everyone, get along with everyone. But I'm never, ever, ever am I going to talk about an opponent to someone. If I'm mate to the, if I'm not mate to the, if I work with that person, we've worked together and helped one another out to do to, yeah, I just I just don't get that. That's uh, that's a little little odd to me. They might do things a little bit differently. Where's, is he from Korea? Is he Korean, Dundee Kim? He, he is he Korean. Is. Yeah. They might do things differently in Korea, yeah. but... Uh, yeah, that's that's a little yeah. that's a lot in my books. But anyway, good luck to him. What do you make of it, Ben? Yeah, so I know a lot of as I was saying before, Jade started cackling. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of people around um, Glenn Rushton and the camp are particularly unhappy about it. Um, I don't know what Jeff Horn yeah. thinks, and I get the impression from Jeff Horn in every other dealing that I've had around anything slightly controversial that he couldn't give two shits nah. about something like this. Yeah, nothing phases nah. him. No, I don't think he would care at all. And I'm sure he would, you know, if, if he sees Dundee, they'll be fine. But um, I know there are those who are unhappy. But I think the story probably needs a bit more context. And what had occurred, um, from my understanding, is that um, Tim was up in that part of the world, he, he did some work on the um, on the Gold Coast and he was in Brisbane um, and he sparred Joel Camilleri and he might do some more sparring with Joel Camilleri um, in the lead up to the fight. Joel may come to Sydney. He's done a lot of sparring with Jeff Horn. Yeah, he's done it. Well, yeah, he's done a lot of sparring with Jeff Horn, but, but I think more maybe there's some thinking that he might be able to um, impersonate Jeff Horn to some extent, or at least you know give similar looks to what what Horn may. And I know there are a lot of you know a lot of differences between Camilleri and Horn, but there are a few similarities. You can sort of see where the thinking is. It's going to be difficult well, to bring in international first... sparring partners. So mm. um, if yeah. you were looking through the landscape around similar weights, maybe maybe it makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, they did some sparring at Dundee's gym. Dundee is Joel Camilleri's trainer, and then afterwards. Um, yeah, there were there was a, a you know a brief period where Dundee gave some some advice and it was shot by the Channel Seven cameras. I don't know whether it was just something that was you know created by uh, some of those involved to to get the story onto the news and to build things up a little bit. I don't know, but I I do know that Dundee's not going to be central to the the training of um, Tim Zoo 
throughout the preparation for this fight. No. I'd be very surprised no, if no, he's they, um, involved they on the night. They kind of made it but, look like that. But okay. it was just a... Yeah, they made it out that's what they made it look like. Yeah. So, it, it, yeah. yeah, it may be it, it may be no good. He he may well have done the wrong Dundee thing. Dundee openly said but, um, on the news. What you say is it's not as, as big as what it's been made no, out. Yeah, it's probably not as big as what it's made out. But Dundee well, I, actually said, oh, I'm just giving you a few hints and tips on how Jeff moves and what will work. And it's like, what? Shush. Don't. <laughs> it's, it's just pretty well, I don't know, just completely incriminated himself in the way that they painted it on TV as well. Yeah, but that's the th- that's what I was yeah. trying to say, Jay. That that maybe maybe there's maybe they're just trying to get a story out. Maybe that was yeah, it. But like they got the story out because Dundee's they gone, Yeah, well I've just told him uh give him a few trip to, um hints and tricks on how to beat Jeff and this is what he does here and that's what he does there and then he's actually showing him the movement patterns and shit. It's like, yeah, they they got a story because there is a story there because he's imitating Jeff. Yeah, I mean if that's what happens on camera, what on TV. So yeah. But anyway, so he's yeah, he's not gonna be in his corner and he's not gonna be training under Dundee Kim, which is sort of the way they made it look. But he gave up everything he sort of had on Jeff Horn in that visit and in that interview. So anyway, cheerio to Dundee Kim. It was just, it was just yeah. funny to me. It's just it's just odd. Like that's unwritten law to me. As a boxer, I've I've worked with people who are going to fight each other in Jeff and Zarafa, and I never had anything but good words to say about both of those fellas to those camps. Even if those camps didn't like it, that's that's how it is. Like that's. I'm not. I'm not. I would never ever do that. But anyway, that's me. Yeah. 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 But do you? And, but man, you man. seem to honestly believe it makes a big difference. Him telling. Nah, I'd be. I'd be of the same. Jeff's I'd be of the same patterns. mind. I'm surprised. I would be of the same mindset as Jeff. I don't give a fuck. But anyway, it's just from a from a. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's just not the dumb thing, mate. Anyway. Move on. Get us out of here, Mickey. Get us out of here, Mick. What's what's next, mate? All right. Well, any updates on your oh, home Jesus. training facility? Um, doesn't sound like it's going <laughs> that well. Drew's awake. There's an update <laughs> for you. Um, yeah, no, she hates she's, it. she's been loving it out there training with me and Lennifer. Um, no, it's, it's. I should have. Yeah. I'm still just waiting on um, the custom gear from Everlast. Or the uh, the boxing ring, the ring, the ring's up and built. We just got to get our canvas and ropes and stuff. And so I actually spoke to uh, Lee from Everlast yesterday, and hopefully I'll have that in the next few weeks. But um, yeah, it's 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 a wick. It's such a cool setup. I'm absolutely wrapped with what Everlast have done and all builders. So uh, very lucky to have the facility that I've got in my own backyard. It's um it's unreal, fellas. You still have to come down and do some sparring when you're in Melbourne next, Ben. 2023. Yeah, 2023 when you're in Melbourne next. Yeah. Yeah, this right. Any update on Fury Wilder happening in Sydney, Ben? It was all over the news cycle for 24 hours and then... <laughs> yeah, it really kicked off there, didn't it? Um, yeah, I, um, I wrote the story initially, um, which kicked it off after seeing a snippet of an interview with Bob Arum. Um, and he'd mentioned that he'd spoken to his friends in Australia about uh, looking at options for the fight. Uh, I figured that must have been Dean Lonigan, so I rang him, and he was surprised to to hear that Bob had mentioned anything. But um, he was happy to, to to give it some publicity, as Dean always is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took off; uh, it went nuts, and very soon uh, it it got a life of its own, whereby um, somehow someone tried to tie Peter Volandis into it and all sorts of bits and pieces, which were just completely um, not based in any fact. But it uh, got a lot of mainstream coverage. And then I spoke to Bob Arum the next day, who gave some really good um, insight into how he was thinking and when, where he was at. But ultimately, um, he said at the end of it all, look, if there is a quarantine period of 14 days, then I don't want to do it in Australia for for travellers who would come to the fight, he said, because we want the British fans to be able to attend the fight. I don't really get the reasoning behind that because if you could get that fight to Australia potentially in um, uh, in September or um, October, November, December, 
more likely towards the end of those, um, you'd just about sell it out without a single person being able to come into the country regardless. So I don't know why he was so adamant that English fans needed to be able to travel to uh, view the fight because um, Jeez, they wouldn't have lost any money from as well. Yeah. Now they'd get too many. Yeah. I, I, I know they got six or 7,000 um, to the second fight in Vegas from the UK, but yeah, yeah even if you're missing out on a few thousand, um, I, I don't know why that was a deal breaker, but um, it seems that it most likely was. Um, so unless things change, um, yeah, you would think that um, it's most likely not going to happen, yeah. but no but matter where that was, it would still out their lives. I know Dean's still in there. Yeah, Dean's still in there campaigning, and um, if it's possible, he'll be making it happen. But um, Aaron yeah. was really excited about getting it to Australia. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, obviously that that, that period um, is the issue for him. So it depends we'll how things to, play uh, out. Sneak across. If you're a betting man, what would you say would be the odds of it happening here? Uh, you'd be getting a good price. Okay. Um, yeah. Double-figure odds, I would have thought, okay. at this point. All right. Well, if it, yeah, if it, but um, they don't have like nothing else has happened. So the longer that it waits around without any decision being made to to do it elsewhere, yeah. um, the more likely it is that it does end up here. And um, they wanted to do it in Sydney at Bankwest Stadium. You'd be uh, you'd be just about selling that out uh, without uh, people even being able to come into state. So um, yeah, you, you should be fine. If Top Rank is in on that, Bob Arum, how cool would that be? Wilder, Fury. Maloney's on the undercard, as well as stacked with DNL fighters, and uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be great, it'll be unbelievable. Yeah. We'd have to sneak across the border, Mickey. Yeah, I'd, I'd yeah. drive there. I don't care. Sure. Yep. So no, yeah, yeah. no, no Victorians allowed because we're filthy yeah. pigs and can't can't behave ourselves. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So who knows? Like, stranger things have happened, and that's you know why I pursued the story. I, I thought, well, you know, they brought Pacquiao out here to fight Jeff Horn when right. he was hardly a big name. So yeah, why couldn't they do this? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, yeah, it just seems to be that one element which is uh, keeping it at bay. But uh, the longer we don't hear about any other uh, options or plans being made, the uh, yeah, there's still a chance. Yeah, like the pay per view mm. for the second fight did really well, so that that's promising. That you know that would, yeah. would perform well here, if it was to be stayed. Yeah, oh, it'd it'd be massive here. Imagine um, those two selling the fight out here. Oh you'd um, you'd get them out here early because they'd have to quarantine, obviously. Yeah. But you'd have them out here for the end of their preparations. Um, Tyson Fury, as he told us, Mickey, um, in the US, he's got uh, quite a number of family in Queensland, yep. so um, they'd be keen to to get involved. He'd be a a huge fan favourite, and um, yeah, both of them are, are such cool characters and and so good to deal with. And entertainers, so, um, like they really yeah. know how to sell a fight. Yeah, oh for sure. So it also yeah. reach like a mainstream yeah, audience. Be, you know, it also go beyond just boxing fans in Australia. So I reckon this will grab well, everyone. Well, even the rumor just reached a a, a mainstream audience. Yeah, like yeah. Um, as soon as we put it up, it, it pretty much every major news site uh, pinched it from me uh, straight away. So. Yeah, unreported, yeah. and then it yeah it took yeah. that bizarre life of its own where everyone was just adding whatever they wanted to it. But uh, that's all right. Not even be able to get um, Mike Tyson versus a rugby player on the same card. You beauty. Yeah, but, uh, that. that really. I don't think that'll happen. Of, no, no, I definitely don't think that'll happen. But that even uh, got got some legs there for a little while, which was good. Plenty of uh, weird. Yeah, got some coverage. Yeah. yeah. Plenty of. Uh, yeah. Well, there's not much. No, there's not much really. No legs. Yeah, not much really uh, going on. So anything, anything gets anyone excited. It's amazing. I know we spoke about it, but people are still like on building sites and stuff. People are still like up until like yesterday talking to me about. Oh, did you see Tyson? Buddy, looking at getting a fight maybe yeah. here in Australia. It's like, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, it's not going to happen. Like, oh, gee, Tyson's looking good. Just yeah, everyone yeah. just talks about Tyson. The dude's a legend. I've I've really enjoyed it's his birthday I've, today. Fifty four today, Mike today. Tyson. Happy birthday, oh. Mike. I've really enjoyed um, on Fight Week. We've had uh, a couple of Tyson marathons, which has been good. Mate, there's there's been some awesome boxing on Fox um, during the lockdown. Because the thing is, is with with boxing and classic fights, they truly are ageless. Like I don't, 
well, I'm not a huge football fan or anything, but I can't imagine that people can watch a football game as much as many times. I don't know, just classic fights or something about it. They never never get old. Or maybe maybe that's just because I'm a boxing diehard. But yeah, the classic fights have been serving up have been great. Yeah, the um the Holyfield Bow trilogy, awesome. Mickey actually got me yeah. onto nineties yeah. heavyweights again. The nineties heavyweights are so underrated. I, I, oh, so it was a golden era. Oh, it it was. It really was. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. But um, yeah, how about you, Ben? What's have you been watching any old fights during the lockdown? Well, I scheduled a lot of that um, the Fox content before. Sort of um, everyone <laughs> went to sleep there. Mm. Um, but it, yeah, so uh, yeah, there's been yeah so many so many good fights on Fox of late, but also ESPN. Yeah, all the Ali fights and the Cassius Clay fights before them, mm. and and a lot of those heavyweight fights. Um, yeah, some some really 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 good stuff. Um, but uh, there, there's probably another fight we should talk about uh, coming up, or well, potentially coming up, because I think we mentioned it last time. Uh, Joseph Parker, Lucas Brown. Um, oh, that that's not happening. Oh, it's not happening. No, it's oh. it's it's not happening. Um, Why? Uh, which is you know it has become pretty clear that there was uh, it was getting pretty close. Um, and obviously Joseph Parker and his man Dave Higgins are looking for an opponent. Um, but Lucas Brown was the one. Uh, they were pursuing it, but then it just became a bit messy. As we know, uh, Lucas had his deal in the US um, yeah. where he, he's got a fight still uh, booked that had been postponed and he needed to get out of that contract. But then it emerged there were some other agreements he had domestically and some bits and pieces. So it all became Brina. a bit too hard. It's just been so, yeah, yeah. It's been so weird following Lucas, Lucas's career over the last few years. Just odd, like they're just chops and changes, and this fight's going to happen, falls through, then maybe this, nah, then this, and then just, I don't know, yeah. just, an, just an odd fight comes out of nowhere. Like, yeah, that's just such a shame because that would have been the biggest fight Lucas has had since the tragedy. It would have been fantastic, and there was a plan around it, you know, win, lose, or draw to go forward yep. and to, to do some really you know, big things with him domestically and, and to make him, you know, uh, really to, to really pay off the, the final stages of his career for him. But, yeah, it's not going to happen. So he's going to pursue the American fight when that can be made and just waiting on PBC to, to come back with uh, dates for that apti Davtayev fight. Yep. Um, I know that um, DeZone and Golden Boy have announced some dates today, so you would think that BBC are not too far behind and he should be one of the first um, to, to, to get uh, his dates and to, to be able to figure out when he goes and fights as long as he can get over there. But uh, you mentioned that he's parted ways with Jay Gray's trainer. Uh, he's now training with uh, Craig Christian, who um, we haven't heard of for a little yeah. while, but um, obviously has uh, done some really good things in boxing, uh, was affiliated with Chris Absolutely. John for so long and, and numerous other successful fighters. So uh, something different for Lucas Brown and um, have to see how it goes for yeah. him. I'll, I'll, yeah, I like that. Well, I, yeah, Craig Christian and Chris John. Chris, Chris John, um, hell of a fighter, is WBA's fighter of the decade. Yeah. So, um Christian yeah. certainly a man who knows what he's doing, that's for sure. So that'll be good. Look forward to seeing what comes of that pairing. But yeah, just and the other query obviously is what happens with the um, with Joseph Parker now. So um, the obvious one from this part of the world is Dempsey McKean. I know that Angela DiCarlo has been really trying to press uh, that fight on Dave Higgins and Duco events in New Zealand. Um, the last I heard from Dave Higgins was that the asking price from McKean was um, not in their ballpark. Oh. So um, whether they can reach a, an agreement of something a, a bit below where they were. Otherwise, Dave says, well, because of the situation in New Zealand with um, coronavirus not being as significant an issue at the moment, potentially they could fly someone in from anywhere in the world and they could go into quarantine for a couple of weeks. There's someone knocking on the door um, here. Carrying on. Hang on. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so who else <laughs> is, is Parker looking at there? Yeah, so... Sorry, so, um, yeah, so it, it, obviously Dempsey McKean's the one um, yeah. that would make sense in this part of the world, and that's the one we want really yeah. to happen. Uh, but well, you'd have a few people now. Yeah, well, the thing is that New Zealand, you could pretty much fly anyone in, and they just have yeah. to go into quarantine for a couple of weeks. As long as they could get a flight and they could get a visa and, and all that could be done. But because of where they're at, 
um, for one opponent and a team, um, really they can look around the world. So okay. um, they want to do the fight. Um, they're going to try and come up with something big, but uh, hopefully an agreement can be made with um, Dempsey McKean. All right. So Maybe yeah. we start to wrap this one up, do you reckon? I think so. Was there anything else we needed? <laughs> no, I think that'll do us. All right. Well, been a pleasure. Jade, oh, Paz. We're signing off, uh, are we, lads? Drew. Little Drew. I'm back. Yeah. We'll wrap it up. Old Punchy here. She's, um, I'll tell you what, Len- Lenifer's uh, slowly um, turning my little daughter into a savage. She just wants to punch everything and everyone. So uh, thanks a lot, Granddad. Um, yeah, so that's that's been really fun. Really. But uh, it's great chatting, boys. <laughs> it was. Talk to you all soon. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we have an announcement pretty shortly with regards to a date for uh, Jeff Horn against Tim yeah, Zoo. Can't wait. Absolutely. Awesome. I'll wait for that. Drew's pumped too. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> thanks, Drew. <laughs> See you, lad. <laughs> See ya.